I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World. It was a dramatic second day at the war crimes trial of Rako Mladic at The Hague. The former Bosnian Serb military commander is facing 11 charges, including genocide. Those charges stem from the war in Bosnia in the 1990s. Today, prosecutors gave a detailed description of the biggest atrocity Mladic is accused of ordering, and that is the July 1995 massacre of thousands of Muslim men and boys in the town of Srebrenica. But then a judge suspended the trial indefinitely, citing a mistake by the prosecution. The BBC's Alan Little covered the Balkan Wars. He is at The Hague today. Describe for us what happened in court today, Alan. Well, it was a, an embarrassing but not a catastrophic day for international justice, and the court officials here are frustrated that there will now be a delay in this process. The prosecution omitted to share, omitted to disclose thousands of pages of documents which the defense had, uh, were entitled to see. They should have been shown those documents as long ago as November, and this only emerged uh, in the last week or so. The defense say they now need six months extra time to process those documents and prepare their response to them. The prosecution didn't challenge that claim, so the judge is now under pressure to delay this trial even further. And it's kind of a shame that that's what's grabbed the headlines here, because it doesn't mean when you say that uh, the trial is indefinitely suspended, it sounds as though the trial has collapsed. It hasn't. Far from it. The trial has simply been delayed until a date that is yet to be announced. And so the, the, the shame really is that the, it's stolen the headlines from the substance of the evidence that was presented today. Let me just ask you briefly, that was 7,000 pages of, of uh, documents the prosecution had that weren't shared with the defense. But from what we're hearing, this is basically a clerical error and nothing more ominous than that? It is. It's not more sinister than that. The defense accept that it was a clerical error. It's happened before, though, so they're getting increasingly frustrated and irritated with it. One court official here did say to me, though, you know how this will be uh, spun by Mladic's supporters in the Balkans, in Republika Srpska, the Serbian part of Bosnia, and in Serbia itself? People will say, there you are again. They're conspiring against the Serbs. Mladic is not going to get a fair trial. So it is damaging. It is a, it's only a clerical error but it's still damaging for the reputation of the process here. Talk about the videos that were shown today in court today, Alan. What was the what was uh, uh, Mladic's role in those videos? Well, the atmosphere in court was extraordinary because there was a kind of hushed and slightly stunned silence in the public gallery, which was full, remember, of survivors of the genocide, women whose husbands and sons were killed by forces whom General Mladic commanded as we learned what exactly happened in Srebrenica in those few days in the middle of July 1995. We learned how Bosnian Serb forces closed in on the enclave, forcing 40,000 people to take refuge in the narrow confines of that overcrowded and insanitary town, how they swept through there. They separated the men from the women. They took the men off to secret locations. They could discuss among themselves what the suitable locations for mass murder would be, how they were parceled up to seven or eight different locations and then uh, machine-gunned, shot by firing squad in groups of a thousand sometimes, some small groups, some very large groups. But in the space of three days, 7,000 men and boys aged between 16 and 60 uh, were shot. That was the that was the substance of the evidence that was heard today. General Mladic, we understand, is going to mount a, a defense of alibi. He says that on the day those killings began, he drove to Belgrade. He went to Belgrade for a series of meetings with the United Nations officials and to attend the the, the wedding of a family friend. So he's saying, "I'm sorry, I was at a wedding. I knew nothing about it." The prosecution are saying that is simply not a credible 
defence that a commander like Mladic had the absolute loyalty of his troops and killing on that scale could not have happened without his knowledge and indeed without his authority. Alan, I wonder for you what it was like as someone who covered this massacre at Srebrenica and has been following this for so long to be there today and to see Mladic himself. You know, I met Mladic 20 years ago, and I used to follow him a lot uh, in the in his glory days, if you like, as a as a war hero among the Serbs. And I think I had a sense back then in the 1990s that he would end up in a prison cell in The Hague. I can remember as early as 1993 uh, writing a piece two years before the Srebrenica massacre. I wrote a piece in which I said, after this, after the famous United Nations Safe Areas Declaration, in which I said, when and if Srebrenica falls to a Serb advance next month or next year, whenever it happens, when Mladic's people take hundreds of men out into a field and kill them, summarily execute them, let none of us dare to say we didn't know it was going to happen. Because we knew. Because all the signs were there. Because it had already been happening for more than three years. It's, the pattern started as early as 1991 in the war in, in Croatia. Something similar on a smaller scale happened in Vukovar in eastern Croatia in November 1991. So all the signs were there for years before it actually happened. And so I think we knew and we didn't do anything about it. And that, for me, as a veteran of the Yugoslav conflicts, is a very uncomfortable and even disturbing realization. Thank you very much. The BBC's Alan Little speaking to us from The Hague at the trial of Rakum Mladic. Thank you again. Thank you.